Hello everyone. Welcome to Glitters of Life, the motivational podcast. I am your host Rohit. For this exciting episode, today we have with us Vani Iris Manley. She is law attorney, global speaker, two-time best-selling author and entrepreneur. In this episode, we discussed about wide range of topics like attitude, behavior, intention and spirituality. So to live the life you want, this episode will pour in some great value. So let's tune into the episode and get rolling. Hello and welcome on the show Vani. It's a pleasure hosting you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. And to begin with, uh, my first question to you is what should be one's attitude towards life be like and how positive attitude help us? You know, I think the best attitude to have in life is to be open um, mm-hmm. and is to approach life as a childlike wonder. Because when you begin to live life in a close, in a pen and open way, so many opportunities then come onto you that if you're actually moving towards life, you know, in a closed manner, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and you know, one of like when I was in law school, a friend of mine who's living in my building, you know, he once said to me, you know, life is like a buffet, right? and he says on a, and there's on a buffet it's just so much abundance of everything you could possibly want right and so he was like in life you know we can have as much as the buffet that we want or we can have breadcrumbs if you want and the sad case matter is that people tend to just take breadcrumbs because they're so yeah. close minded you know they're so into <laughs> my culture my religion you know my family and as opposed to saying you know what i want to be just explore all of it you know and so i would say the best attitude to have to have towards life mm-hmm. is to be open open towards to everything and to have this wonder and game to fight and yes positivity does definitely are having a positive attitude of course it enhances the, the experience because you know what you put po- what you focus on your mind actually great for you right so the more positive that you actually are the more positive experiences that you actually you know you draw onto yourself so it's just this is the way how it works yeah very interesting and our attitude defines the direction of our life like being positive is just another way of being happy so i take this in a this way yeah you know absolutely so there's the great the great thing about life is that there's some we all have we all have the power of choice you know no matter what and it's just like and the and it's always available it's free you know it's mm-hmm. like you can always choose to have a happy thought to be positive yeah just as what you can have like you know to be negative like when we're talking about the coronavirus like okay how mm-hmm. are you gonna look at it right is it happening to you or is it happening yeah. for you okay and uh, what process or technique uh, one must follow to create a great attitude and represent himself or herself in a better way you know i would say for you know for me personally is really connecting with myself and discovering mm-hmm. you know who who i am right because i feel like you know unfortunately not a lot of us really know who we are right yeah. and so like for example like you hear all the time like okay be yourself be yourself yeah that's fine provided that you know who you are right and it's like when you know who you are and you're balanced and it's like then you can begin to make choices and act the way that actually fulfills you that you know that brings like your full self expression to light so i said getting to know you is the best thing you will ever do is the most important cool, cool. investment you will ever do in yourself and for me it's it's through meditation oh nice like and these uh, technique or this process going to go long way in making a good person very deep insight <laughs> on this <laughs> Yeah. Okay. 
and how we should react when faced with many hurdles while trying to achieve a goal like how do you overcome the hurdles uh, you know this is for me I, this is 100% mindset you know the first thing i would say is to understand that there uh, the solution is always in the problem mm-hmm. meaning that there is never a problem that comes before you that there is a solution within it for you to actually solve and part of the whole puzzle are you know it's for you to actually solve there right and so if yes. you actually begin to think that then it just if that's your if that's the way you actually approach it and then that way it actually comes forward the second thing i would say is focusing on the solution a lot of us think when we have a problem that we're focusing on a solution but we're not we're actually thinking about the problem right and yeah. the more whatever you focus your mind on like it's exactly what you actually going to create for yourself so it's like really ask yourself am i focusing really on a solution here or am i focusing on you know on the on the problem The mm-hmm. next thing is like when you find yourself where you're coming again hurdle after hurdle after hurdle mm-hmm. which I totally have been there okay. is you have to ask yourself okay what is it that I'm not seeing because okay. if you're constantly like finding yourself in a, like it's car repeating a pattern right it's like you have to like look and see okay what inside of me is actually creating all of this and like what is what is it trying to actually teach me tell me because everything life is a school life is always like showing us or we're learning we're here all learning like in this giant school of life experimenting yeah yeah you know and it's like you have to ask us okay, what am i what am i not seeing here and then ask a higher power that you believe in to actually you know show you the way to, to mm-hmm. show you what you can't see on your own because the ego blocks all of that true true and hurdles are part and parcel of the life like or any journey like uh do we stick to our goal is what all what matters in life So yes, face them and ace in life. I'm sorry, I didn't catch I didn't catch the last part of it. Uh we should always face the hurdles like and then we should excel or we, then we should ace in life like we should uh, have that kind of speed in life after facing the hurdles. Yeah, I I agree and I will also say too like even if we're having hurdles in life no matter what you're still are having some wins right but the problem mm-hmm. is is like we're always looking for like the big goal we're always we're never looking at the journey itself and celebrating like the small stars yeah. or you know we're all waiting for the big thing like for example like one of my favorite posts is that it always sprinkles before it rains right it's like you're never okay. just like outside and like a big downpour just come there's something like for example there's a change in the moisture in the air then you feel the drops right and then the, the torrential downpour like acts yes. to come and so yeah and so when you're facing the hurdles it's like you know are you celebrating the small wins along the way or are you mm-hmm. just like disregarding it and waiting you know and that's and that really keeps your mindset positive and keeps you going and and actually encourages you to say you know what i can actually do this Great, great. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like moving on the other part, like what role does our behavior plays while molding our life for a better future? It plays a lot. I think we we fail to to understand that you know our life is literally made by the choices that we make every single day, which determines mm-hmm. our behaviors, right? And we tend to have a feel. We tend to think like we don't have any. control that everything's kind of just like happening we don't have a say so in it but it's like no like for example I'll give you an example in my personal sure. life like lately I have become a person where I snooze okay. for like an hour and a half in the morning right when I hit the thing and I real and I didn't it became it became aware to me that 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 act of me snoozing in the morning was starting my day off out of integrity with myself yeah 
that was really, and so it set me apart to where it, it then started to train my mind to and tell my mind that I won't keep my I won't keep my promises to myself right? because I'm out of integrity with myself. And I was like, whoa! And I could see why there were certain things where I wasn't finishing, and it was like because why? Because my brain is now on program to believe that mm-hmm. well, it doesn't matter if I say I'm gonna wake up at seven o'clock and I don't get up until nine thirty. Exactly, completely agree. And it is what matters a lot. It is totally depend on how we see the things in life. So yeah, yeah. plays a very important role. And how important is behaviorism? Like, can aggressive language change people's environmental behavior? So you know, I my parents were African, so I grew. Mm-hmm. I, I know I grew up with not aggressive language, but I grew up with aggressive behaviors. So meaning, okay. like I was beat. You know, like I was beat into discipline. You know, it wasn't like when I was in the U.S. Like my white mm-hmm. friends, their parents ever hit them. There, they would like take away like they wouldn't give them allowance money for my parents like typical African parents they just beat you if you just yeah. you know so for me it was a deterrent factor of me of not being out of line so I would say yes but that was back then but then now if you hit your kids in the US they call you they say you've been you know you've been abused right and people call the cops on you same is so, the case with the Indian parents <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like yeah you know you beat your kids in a discipline right they just know better you know so you know, I would say, yeah, you know, I think it's, of course, there's, there's, there's a fine line yeah. between, you know, this little child, we're just like, you know, I, I was thinking about aggressive language. Um, I think that was part of the quite aggressive behavior and aggressive language. I would say that, you know, I'm, you know, some people tend to be offended by aggressive language or offensive language. Uh, I'm not. Um, I, you know, I tend to use, you know, F-bombs as well, too, because, you know, I realize that the more when people are speaking like that, when they're not being, they're not people pleasing and they're not curtailing yeah. a word, they're, it's a full expression of themselves. They're being who they really are. Mm-hmm. The ones that are being PC and, oh, I can't say this and I can't say that, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to other people because you're not really fully expressing your real thoughts. And so I'm all for aggressive language and when it's needed, you know, because sometimes, it's not all the time, but in certain cases, yeah, it gets the point across. Patience is the key, like try to take it easy and yeah. we are, uh, like we don't arrive at any conclusion being aggressive. So yes, thank you for guiding on this and <laughs> is it true that behavior is greater than knowledge and do you believe that great behavior attracts more crowd than beauty? Uh, is behavior greater than knowledge? I would say no because I am of the opinion or the belief that applied knowledge is key, right? Yeah. Not just any knowledge, but knowledge that actually is applied, right? Because mm-hmm. the knowledge that you acquire, then it should become determining your behavior, right? And yeah. so, and I think that, you know, because the body is an extension of the mind. So it's mm-hmm. like the body is just reacting to what you're actually feeding it. So I would say because the, the knowledge part comes first, then, the, then the, the behavior comes second. So it's not the other way around. I agree with you, like, could not agree more. Yeah. And again, moving on to uh, the next question. According to you, what are the basic parameters to judge uh, a well-behaved person? Are there any signs which we can understand? <laughs> Man, you know, that's that's a loaded question because when it, the whole, first of all, I have a, I have a problem with the word judge, right? Or judge okay. because, uh, not just because of it's the question, but it's just that, you know, who are we to judge somebody else, right? And, and, and who are we to police other people, number one? Right. Number two, 
when it comes to well-behaved, it's like who determines the, you know, I'm living here in Paris, right? And one of the things that I noticed mm-hmm. about French kids was, I even said this to one of my French girlfriends, it's like, wow, okay. French kids are so well-behaved. And then she <laughs> said to me, especially like the boys, but she, she says, but then you know what? Those little French boys grows up to be little, they're, they're, they're so afraid to express themselves because their parent, the mom, has really like, you know, you know, scold them to death. And I realize it's true because so many of us are, you know, are have this programming to be good boys and good girls, right? Yeah. To, to be people, to please our parents, to get love. And we're all trying to be well-behaved and be politically correct. And we're not being our true selves. And in the inside, we're boiling, we're angry, we have resentment. You know, we want to kill somebody because we're not really being our true selves. And so what is well-behaved to me is not making sure your legs are crossed. Obviously, for, for example, I mean, I'm an attorney, mm-hmm. right? If I go to court, I am going to address a judge properly as your yeah. honor or judge. You know, I'm not going to say like, hey, bro, you know, <laughs> if I go to church, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to dress. I'm not going to wear a bikini in church, right? So there's, of course, it's just common sense, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, being well-behaved, it's like, it's a trap for me. To me, it's a trap because people are not being who they really want to be. They can't, there's, there's suppression, there's, you know, there's repression. And it's like, and that's how... Diseases are actually caused because everyone's just, you know, it's just not being fully expressed out. It's fully expressed out. Great, great. Good points. Like, completely loved it, I must say. <laughs> and I see, like, a lot here in France, you know. Like, I remember, I see an example, like, one day I was mm-hmm. on the train. And, you know, there's people that come on a perform, like, musicians, right? And oh, yeah. there was these two guys that came onto the train. Mm-hmm. And they came to, pre- and they literally were dressed like the control that like, comes and checks to make sure, like, you know, you have your ticket, right? <laughs> and it was these two really handsome French guys. I remember, like, they came, they were so convincing, right? But then, like, okay. one of them starts playing the music. And they literally, like, start, they start strip teasing. And, like, they oh. get completely undressed. I mean, but they were, and, like, when they stripped down, they were, like, in their underwear. And their underwear was, like, the, the map of, like, the Paris metro, right? <laughs> and their skit was so funny. And I was the only person in the car that was driving. All the French people were just, like, sitting there, like, they couldn't laugh. And I literally, like, was just, like, ah! like cracking up like a typical wild American, you know? And and it was just a, it was just a contrast to culture. It's like, okay, you know, it's like everyone was just so well behaved and yeah. at a moment where people wanted to laugh, you know, out of their seat. And it was just so hilarious. And and I'll tell you what this I saw this guy's like in the second time. And one of them came up to me. He was like, Yeah, he goes, um, you're the American from Miami because yeah, you were you were on one of our, our acts before and I was like, Yeah, but it was so funny. He was like <laughs> He said to me, I really appreciate how you laugh because he was just like, nobody in the train laughed. And he was like, that's the difference between like American culture and French culture. Like we're just so about being well behaved and sitting a certain way. Whereas you just yourself, like, ha, 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 ha. Like you had a great time, you know? So that, that's just big guy. It's like in that case, that, and I see that all the time. People are not being themselves. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> Going ahead, like uh, we are on to the intention part right now. Like, uh, how would you define the intention in one's life? I would say intention is like it's twofold. Is on the one hand, who are you intending to become? Like, what kind of person you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, it would it, could, it would also be what are you trying to create, or what do you want to have, like from a material perspective, or maybe you want to have certain things happen, right? So it's like it's like what your focus is and what you really want to have happen in your life, and what you want to experience. 
that so many people take for granted. Yeah. Or unaware. I mean, I know I, I can tell you before 2011, um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, before 2009, when I started my spiritual journey, no one had ever taught me about setting intentions. I had I had no idea what that, I had never heard that before. So okay. it might just be like, you know, just different upbringing, conscious versus unconscious. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't grow up with that. But once I did, and I realized, oh my God, this is everything. I literally did every single day. I was setting intentions all day long. When I blessed my food, it was I was always setting an intention. Like, and my life became very intention driven. Okay, good. And like, uh, I define the intent intent in a very different manner. Like, a kind of a feeling. Like, you should always incubate your ideas. You should always notice them, trust them, and you should always experience them, nurture them, and then take action on your intention. So mm. this is the way I follow, like because the intention is must in life. You should have some intention because most of the people are clueless about life, what what they're gonna do in near future, and it, I usually notice that in India it is on a higher side. Many people are not having intention. I mean, they are mm. just uh, living the life like, yeah, we will complete the college, then we will seek for the job, uh, we will be having happy life, but the uh, real life uh, scenario is completely different. This is not it. How it works? Yeah, programming. Yeah. <laughs> under, yeah, for me, everyone's programmed. Live, yeah, live exactly. Like that. Yeah. I like. <laughs> and how one can begin living with more intent, focus, and purpose? You know, I would say that first of all, you have to understand that you're not completely uh, con- like what's happening in your life is you're creating it, right? Because I know mm-hmm. people are not aware that that what's happening in their life, it's their creation, right? And so yeah. that's, especially like in the Western world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so first we get to understand that, you know, your, everything that's actually is happening is of your creation, number one. Number two is that you have control into how your life is actually unfolding, right? Okay. And yeah. so you can be intentional about it. Like for example, I know when I was growing up, you know, when imagination right i was taught that oh you're just daydreaming you know stop fooling around you're not being productive whereas now we can we decide that you've proven that imagination is the very thing that creates worlds right it's like everything you're seeing is coming from someone's imagination you know okay and so i would say to people is that you have to understand that you know that you are creating your life and how you do it is by intention and like you are it's like it's a movie it's your movie mm-hmm. you're, direct, you're directing all of it and how you do it and what is showing up is by your what you're intending to actually happen so the words you speak matter the things that you consume matter the people people you're listening to, the, the, the music you're listening to, the television things you're listening to, it's yeah. all programming you, right? And it's so, and, but most people are living on autopilot. They're not being intentional about their life. Like I can tell you for me, like when this whole virus started, mm-hmm. I disconnected myself from all chat groups, all okay. social media sites that were talking about coronavirus. Instead, oh. I went and got, I worked with a coach. I was in a, a coaching program. Mm-hmm. Um, with 27 other women and I completely like revamped my business and went in a whole different direction and then I connected to her coach and like literally my news feed began with like every single day waking up to women making six figures a month yeah. during this pandemic 
cool. Every day I, I wake up to that. And so, but that was my intention. I said, universe, mm -hmm. I said, God, I go, you know, I don't want to hear about coronavirus. I can show me people that are going to be killing it, that are going to be powerful, that I can actually inspire to be like, to for yes. my life. I go, let me, and, and that's what happened, you know, and that, but that was, that was purely my intention. And all three are important. Yeah. They and it manifests, whatever you're intending actually manifests. True. Yeah, and uh, you guided really well on this. Okay. So how much relevance does it hold if a person is not taking actions uh, on his intentions? A lot. <laughs> you know... Um, Sizable difference. <laughs> you know, it's the same as, you know, the... Whether you, the mm -hmm. Not taking action is action, right? And it's just... And it affects, it affects both of the manifestations. So I think a lot of, you know, in, in the U.S., like, what's, like in modern day... New Age culture with spirituality, the whole the secret came out, right? The book yeah. The Secret by, by Rhonda Byrne. And the thing that they left out was get off your couch, you know. I'm just like sitting there like I want a million dollars, but it's like, okay, what are you gonna do? Like what are the steps you actually are gonna take? It's a lot of people were sitting on the couch like waiting for the million bucks to fall through the sky or to have the man walk in with the proposal, right? And it's yeah. like you have to take action because what people don't really understand is that we live in a vibrational reality, right? Meaning like everything is a vibration, everything is astral frequency. You cannot have what you intend to manifest if you're not that matching that vibration. So the action step to really be taking when you intend something is to make sure is my energy actually matching, right? For example, if you want to make a certain level of income, you know, are you worried about money all the time? Are you, you know, are you looking at the lack? Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Or are you just, you know, generating within yourself the energy of increase, the energy of inspiration, the energy of joy, which is then going to bring those things into your life in the form exactly. of the dollar signs or the rupees or whatever, you know? So, but yeah, the, the action is super, super important as well as a lack of action. Exactly. So yes, uh, taking action is very important. It really helps in setting the goals and it uh, takes you to the path like where we want to uh, go. On the contrary, how to set strong intentions? You know, when I learned about intentions, um, it was at a time of my life where my business was, was just, I just came out of a relationship, my heart was broken and like, you know, my okay. business was like, was dirt, you know, was just like next to nothing, right? And so for me, it was heartbreak and money that brought me to the spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first started, I was setting intentions to clear my money karma and I was setting intentions to make a certain amount of money, like it was about getting stuff, right? Yeah. And I remember my teacher and I had a, a group in India say to me, like, listen, it's about love. Mm -hmm. It's about you are love. Everything that you see is matter. It's actually love appearing to matter. When you are the intention of love, of, of unconditional love, everything falls into your life. Yeah. And so I didn't really realize that until several years later. And I realized, like, and I tell anyone now, if I was to my my spiritual journey right now, I would be 100% focusing on the intention to become love. Mm -hmm. And so I would say to people that if, and I get it, we live in a 3D reality and everybody wants to have certain lifestyle, live a certain way. I can, I'm all for that, you know? But it's like, this is like the things you want them to have in your life, you have to be the energy of it to receive it. Yeah. So the strongest intention to actually set is to become that the best version of yourself or to become to reach your highest potential to mm -hmm. you know, to be you know to be uh, emotionally fulfilled is to be satisfied because when you're emotionally fulfilled everything else like literally just comes to you and, and ironically 
the stuff that we want in the material world is all to create some sort of like emotional uh fulfillment of some sort so yeah. it's like and the reason why it's not coming is because you know you're trying to source it from something out there and it's like no 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 no. it gets <laughs> sourced from inside first and so the 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 top the best intentions to saw is around your emotional fulfillment is you know to heal whatever needs to be healed within yourself that's blocking you but at the same time not just focusing on the block because you need to yeah. some more questions blocks right but the same, it's like yeah becoming that next version of yourself and embodying that person right now awesome like uh, listeners going to find this really helpful even i learned something new <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah uh, so moving on to the spirituality part uh, my question uh-huh. is like how firmly do you believe in spirituality and what difference is noticeable in life due to spirituality wow i so i I 100% believe in spirituality. I grew up Christian, believing, um, you know, reading and hearing about, you know, Jesus Christ and the Bible. Yeah. And it wasn't until in 2009 when I ended up on the spiritual path and meeting a teacher from India and a teacher from England, um, where I became, I went to my first satsang and you know, and just mm-hmm. started these teachings about the path. Yeah. And I would tell you that at that very moment, like my whole life of being in Christianity and religion. There was something to me that did not measure up. And I didn't know quite how to articulate, but I was like something is wrong here. Like why do I have to feel so guilty all the time, right? What the whole thing about heaven and hell and sinning and the burning and all and like the unworthiness and I was like I'm sorry it's bullshit. Like it just felt like it but I couldn't say to my parents, right? Mm-hmm. But when I sat in my first satsang and I heard and I had this chakra healing and I was, and it just the message is like and then like this is a, you attended it in uh, France or in India no this was actually in Miami my teacher okay. at the time okay. Um, okay. he was uh, he used to give uh, satsangs uh, twice mm-hmm. a week on um, in Miami at a, at a beautiful Great. home and then we would do re- and then he would do retreats like you know three or four retreats on like once a month nice. so like that was my first experience um, and so for me it, it was just that this was the missing piece because what appealed to me was the universality and i realized what i was re- responding to was that i already knew is that okay. when i came into this lifetime i already knew what i was actually hearing it's just that the condition of religion mm-hmm. and your parents and your your society begins to program you and you begin to forget like what yeah. you already you already knew so uh, what was the second part to the question remind me uh like uh what difference is noticeable in life due to spirituality in your life ah wow well first of all you you automatically start living a non-conventional life you mm-hmm. know um you get off the path of you know like i you know go to school become a you know become a doctor lawyer you know get married have two kids and you realize there's more life than that so you automatically become and you realize that you know everything is false it's a as a false illusion so you know you begin to live life in a very different way and it also to is a magical way yeah and um i can tell you that my life became at that conventional lawyer path to where i ended up living in paris you know and it's hmm. so and you begin to live it you begin to live the life of the unknown because you begin you understand that that's something that's guiding you through this and it's like and life is much it's much more magical it's also very difficult to i'm not going to make a Even to be this like you know it's all roses and unicorns and you know uh, and, yeah. and flowers. I mean it's very very difficult, um, especially certain places like for me here mm-hmm. in Europe, where Europeans are very traditionalist. It's all about the culture. Like I yeah. always say to people, the religion in France is French. Okay. 
the churches are all empty. It's all tours that are taking pictures. There's no French people going there. Some people going to mass and praying. It's like they don't really, they don't believe. It's all, they're irrational. So it's very difficult to be on a spiritual journey live in the modern age world. Yeah. In Europe and in America. In India, it is totally a different picture, right? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made it to India. I, you know, I've got some karma with India for some reason, but I've tried three times to go. I've gotten three visas, and I've never made it to India. Oh, <laughs> do let me, do let me know next time you fly to come to India. It's crazy. So I, I just, but it's so funny. But I, I connect so much with the culture and with the, you know, the religion and the, 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 the teachings. And so I just, I happen to just meet teachers. You know, house that are Indian teachers that are like, yeah. like all over the world. But eventually, I would get there. Yeah, and like see, the Indian people are like uh, their life is more balanced because they hope for something, and there is uh, a faith. So yeah. I find it very good about this thing. Yeah, there's faith. Yeah, there's that. Like that's another thing. Yeah, you know, spirituality mm-hmm. is it, it, it does install you having faith because in the unknown. And I can just tell you that, you know, I wouldn't be living in Paris if it wasn't for spiritual for spirituality. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have come here. I wouldn't have. You know, the way I actually ended up here was like for an entire year I was living in Miami and I just yeah. kept getting all these signs pointing into Paris. And eventually, I just I got rid of everything. I came mm-hmm. here. I didn't know once. I didn't know a single person friends. I didn't know one word of French. I didn't have a plan A, a plan B, or a plan C. And I literally, mm-hmm. I mean, I just follow the guidance, the spiritual guidance that led me here. Nice, so. nice, nice. Very good. Like, and how one can build a spiritual practice? Like, from your any personal experience, would you like to share something? You know, it's it's a very. Per, I think it's it's very personal. Um, I am a big fan of meditation, and so I okay. would just say to people to um, to start meditating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the easiest form of meditation is like literally connecting with your heart, putting your hand on your heart, and feeling your yeah. heart. You know, uh, for some women, it might be like putting your on your womb space and just really connecting with yourself. Because I think there's also there's this misconception of spirituality is like this thing out there, and it really is. It's all about like yoga, like it's connecting with becoming one with yeah. yourself and connecting who you are so by you being attuned with yourself that's a, that's a spiritual practice it's not about having a kundalini rising and you know being samadhi and all that it's like are you a balanced human being and like living on this, you know living on this earth so i would say to just you know start reading spiritual books you know okay. my very first book that i read was deepak chopra's um the one about the spontaneous something with the universe you know that's when i, be, I began to learn about mm-hmm. synchronicity you know okay so I would say, um, you know, just start, you know, um, reading books about spirituality. I think we're at a point right now where, and part of this, my personal belief about the virus is that we're all being called to awaken to spirituality, whether we yeah. like it or not, you know? So it's like, I think, you know, at a certain point in time, you know, you would get called to do mm-hmm. it and you you would just have to, you know, succumb to it. But meditation is great. Yoga is great. Um, but anything that connects with you, connecting with your true self or your whole self, um, it's 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 a great way to cultivate meditation practice. Not and not to be caught up in dogma. It has to look a certain way, and you have to pray seventy-five times yeah. a day. You know, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's like, are you connected? As, uh, you won't believe like uh, the yoga originated in India, but still people are like not following. Still people are not understanding its benefit, what value it provides. So it is uh, a humble request, like uh, all should practice yoga and meditation, at least for kind of exercise they need to have for themselves. Yeah. 
Wow, I'm surprised I actually hear that. Yeah. <laughs> the birthplace of yoga, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And my next question is like, uh, is your life better off with the spirituality or without? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, you know, it's been beautiful and it's been absolute living hell. I, just to be quite honest with you. Um, and, but what I'm finding out is that, so when I first started, I was very, you know, I was really into I, what I call the real spiritual path, meaning it's, it wasn't law of attraction, like mm-hmm. this stuff that's really in like the, in America, right? But because I was connected with teachers from India that are in the Himalayas, you know, Pentangeli, like yeah. really like the real, I, my favorite book is the Bhagavad Gita that's on my living room table right now, you know? So I was okay. like connecting with, you know, really solid teachers, right? So. In the beginning, it opened me up to a whole different world, so my life became very magical. But then mm-hmm. I started setting intentions to face certain fears, to let go of this, <laughs> to let go of that, and it basically like you know uprooted all of my karma for like a million years. And I was going through one shit storm after the next, and it was hell, you know. And there was a point when I came to Paris where I was like, you know what? It does me no good if I'm in samadhi, my kundalini is rising, and you know I don't have any money in the bank. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is not sustainable for me. I don't, you know, I'm, you know, I don't have parents that are supporting me or like a spouse like that. So yeah. for me, I had to find a balance. And then what ended up happening for me was I went into the coaching world. And that world was all success driven. That world was all um, law of attraction stuff and how to get your stuff. Because at that point I needed, you know, I actually had lost faith in all the way. The teachers yeah. and I was like, my life is crap. I'm sorry. It's like, you know what? I'm stressed out about the physical reality. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, life just kind of took over. And so then like, then that was my journey to begin and really connecting with the body and really like, so I took on shamanism really, because I felt, I felt like with the spirituality, what I was getting from there beginning, I was just as far up in the clouds and I wasn't grounded. Then when I got into, into the coaching path, it was just too much all about the stuff and very dry and fake mm-hmm. and all about, you know, and it just, it was a blend. And then I really realized that I was not, I needed integration. Where I am right now is very balanced. Okay. And so I have found a beautiful way to blend it. But I, like I always, my next book that I'm actually writing, yeah. it's called There's Spirituality and Then There's Truth, is mm-hmm. exactly telling you about that path. So like, you know, the way it's in the United States is, you know, hey, it's very beautiful, it's all green juice, it's a Lululemon pan. And I'm like, no, 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 like, your life's going to be hell for a while. Yeah. I'm just, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, and it's, you're going to be tested over and over and over and over again. I've lost friends over being on a spiritual path. Oh. I don't connect with people anymore. You know, I'm like, my relationships are falling apart because I want a different vibration, right? And mm-hmm. it can be very, uh, dis- it can be very lonely. It can be very disconcerting because, you know, especially yeah. if you're in an environment where not everybody is actually on. I mean, it's one thing to manifest a Rolls Royce. But it's another thing to surrender to God moment to moment. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And one fear face reality next to the next, that's very, and that's, and there is a part of the path that, that's called the dark night of the soul. And that lasts years for most people. So I would say at a certain point it was, at a certain points it wasn't, but I also realized too though, mm-hmm. was that, you know, I was in balance, number one, I had lost my faith and, you know, and I think it, it's part of the journey that we all go through and it's, I can see right now where I feel like the path has been 
like a like a, a spin like a washing cycle, right? How the, you know yeah. you free soak the clothes, then the the wash goes on, then the rinse, and then the the spinning, and then when it's all done, it's all nice and ready to it's all clean, right? And sure. that's where I am right now because it's very it's very balanced, right? So I just know like every morning it's meditation on Fridays. You know I have I connect with my ancestors with Lakshmi, with you know, and I but I still you know I do my mindset. I'm all about money or, you know, it's 3D reality or whatever that I need to have to make my life enjoyable, you know, in the 3D reality. But it's all spiritual spiritual based, but at the same time, I know I'm not that person. Like I don't want to be in the Himalayas for the rest of the you know what I mean? That's not me. But at the same time, it's also not me just being out in this like consumerism world of, you know, the United States either, right? It's a it's a balance of it all. So um, it's been both, you know, and I think that's the, that's a real mm -hmm. honest God truth that people need to understand that, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not going to be a walk in a park. Yes, it will be magical, but you're going to face all of your fears, every last one of them. And <laughs> difference is totally noticeable from your thoughts and feel happy for you for this. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, I always tell people, you know, caveat emptor, you know, beware. It's like, you know, uh, it's, yeah, it's people need to know. And I think what's happening now with this corrupt, this virus is that the unconscious are, are now waking up and they're now just beginning their path. <laughs> and it's just like, it's not going to be easy. True. I do agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Manning. Uh, this was all from this episode. And I'm really thankful for you for sharing your views on various topics. And I'm hopeful that listeners are going to get a lot of value through this episode. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I can't wait to speak to all of you again. And I am really appreciative and grateful. Thank you. And it was a pleasure hosting you. I wish you all the best for future endeavors. Goodbye for now. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a ton for listening to the entire piece of episode. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. Stay happy, stay healthy and keep smiling.